Do you travel for a living and struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle like I do? Or maybe you just struggle to maintain a healthy lifestyle in general. This is the Road to Health podcast and I am Tamar, your host for this adventure. I travel for business often, which presents some challenges in terms of achieving and maintaining a healthy lifestyle. Join me on my perfectly imperfect journey as I implement the strategies I've learned from the coaches I work with and interview on my show to lose 40 pounds by June 1st, 2020. I don't always manage to resist the temptations that come from traveling for business, but by working on a few key areas of my mental and physical health, I'm managing to get healthier as I go. No one needs to take this journey alone. So if you struggle to make healthy choices on the road like I do, join me for this ride on the road to health. Well-traveled, well-lived. Did you know that what you look at as being past failures or negative experiences can actually help drive you to finding your passion? Hey everybody, Tamar here from the Road to Health podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me today. You know, I used to look at anything, any hard time that I'd been through, and I would look at them as failures. And I used to feel sorry for myself and get stuck in my head about it. And I never realized that if I actually took a look at those failures and turn those around into lessons, I would actually find my passion, which is what I found today. You know, um, you know, being an alcoholic, I used to look at that as a failure, right? It's something that I just couldn't get right. I'd always have people ask me what I'm doing, why I'm doing it. And I always told them I was going to change and I didn't change for so, so long. But today I can look back at that and I have learned so much out of that and taken so much out of that experience that now I can actually help others by sharing my experience and sharing my journey and my story. And there's so many other things in my life that I've been through that I never realized there weren't failures in the first place. They were learning experiences. Now, unfortunately, some of them took me a lot longer to learn from than the, than others. But you know what? It's amazing how when you have certain things that you perceive as failures in your life, you can actually take those experiences and share them with others and you can help and turn those perceived failures into passions. You know, it's funny, I have an example that happened to me the other day and I was invited out uh, by a friend. We went for a walk and there was some stairs that went up the side of a hill. I'm not gonna call it a mountain because it wasn't a mountain, although it felt like a mountain. And it was about 350 stairs. And of course, I do a lot of uh, training with resistant bands. But what I don't do a ton of is cardio. And I've never done a ton of cardio. So it's always been a bit of my weakness. But anyway, I thought, you know what? Yep, it's lunchtime. I'm going to go on this walk. I'm going to get in some cardio. And so as I started up the stairs, I started two steps at a time. Of course, she ran up the stairs um, because she likes to get that form of cardio in and she does it daily. And so I thought, okay, that's cool. You know, I'm going to just do my two steps at a time. And for a little bit, I kept up somewhat. But then about halfway up the, the stairs, I really started to feel it. You know, my chest became tight. Um, I was hurting. And, you know, halfway up, I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can do this. And I kept plugging away. I'd look up. I'm like, okay, just get to this point. Just get to this point. When I got to the top, I actually felt like, 
oh man, you know, I, I kind of failed. Like I could have done this faster. I should have been doing cardio. I started to get in my head because I was really hurting, guys. And, you know, we went down. Uh, down obviously was much easier than up, although my legs were shaking like crazy. And so I was more worried about bailing because I'm super, super accident prone. So I didn't want to go tumbling down these 350 stairs. But anyhow, I made it. It was tough to finish the rest of the walk. And, you know, I was at first when I got to the top, I was a bit disappointed in the fact that I was as out of shape cardio wise as I had assumed that I was. It's exactly why I bought a jump rope uh, last week. But, you know, when I got home, I just thought that's a good sign, right? That's something I need to work on. And so I've added it to my list that I got to do those kind of things a little bit more regularly. So instead of staying trapped in that, oh, you know, I'm so terrible at cardio mindset, I thought, eh, you know what, this is something that I need to work at a little bit. So I got to squeeze a little bit more in. So that's just one example of failing um, and or thinking I'm failing and it not actually be a failure. It's a good learned lesson. So today's guest is Chef Amber Cottle from the Source Cafe down in Huntington Beach, California. When I was in California this past February, I had a chance to look at the menu and wow, you know, Chef Amber and I talk about that in this episode that it's very deceiving when you go to restaurants Uh, Their healthy choices aren't always healthy and, you know, 90% of the menu items are unhealthy and the other 10% seem like they're healthier options, but they may not always be. So we talk about that. She explains some of the deception in that, um, but... I absolutely loved her menu because when you look at it, everything on that menu, I could order and I could be guilt-free. We also chat about what drove her, you know, um, what happened in her life to drive her to this passion of opening the Source Cafe. And she talks about some very dark moments and, you know, the effects that being a chef can have on you. But All of that stuff has driven her to what she does today. Um, She teaches cooking. Uh, She has an amazing cafe and business. So make sure if you're down in that area, you go stop by and say hello. But without further ado, let's check out this interview. Hey guys, I'm super excited. I have Amber Cottle here from the Source Cafe. How are you doing? Hi guys, I'm good. Thank you. Did I pronounce your last name right? did actually yes <laughs> it's like my first name <laughs> I love it I get cuddle, I get coddly so it's like yeah you did it <laughs> it's like score one point it's a good day today um so thank you for being here um I just love your philosophy that food nourishes us from the inside out so what inspired you to become a chef in the first place So I was inspired. I mean, I would say my love affair with food um, started at a very young age. I started cooking for my family when I was eight, nine. And then my parents sent me to a culinary school when I was little for kids. I think I like went with my dad and I was just always obsessed. I could, I was always cooking in the kitchen with my grandma. There's pictures of me at three making um, cherry pie and pumpkin bread. And I was always the cook in the family. My mom does not cook. So it kind of skipped a generation and into high school. I just kept on creating and cooking. Um, and I always knew starting at 16, 17, that I wanted to be a chef. And I didn't know how that was going to work. So I feel like 
I took a little bit of a different direction. I ended up going to Auburn University in Alabama. I say Alabama because a lot of people are like, Alabama. <laughs> I'm from Georgia. Um, I lived in Georgia for 25 years. Went to Auburn and did hotel restaurant management and got my bachelor's. And because I was on a loan halfway through that, I was like, Mom, I want to go to culinary school. And she was like, we've got to finish like one degree. So I ended up working in the front of the house and I just, it just wasn't my passion. I was like, I have to be back in the kitchen. I don't care about the money. I just, I have to be there. So um, I migrated to Colorado and found a chef and he took me on and I apprenticed under him in his Southern Italian restaurant where I was the only female for those years I was there. And I mean, gave me all my scars and cried every day. And then I moved to LA 18 years ago to open up my first restaurant, Mediterraneo, with my um, old business partner. And I operated that for 10 years. And that was um, tapas, small plates, very um, Southern Italian, Northern Spanish driven. Um, that was my baby for sure. Towards the end of that career. Yeah. I mean, my love affair of food my whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And you, cause I've read your story and you at yeah. one point hit a breaking point, which a lot yeah. of us do because we overdo it. And especially I could imagine in your industry, the crazy hours that you have to work. Right. Yes. So yeah. when was that? Tell us about that. So when I was at Metatronio, okay, good. So I set us up. <laughs> <laughs> you certainly did. Yeah. So during my career at Metatronio, yeah, you know, the chef life, it's a real life. It's, it's um, what you read about. They're 80 hour work weeks. Those are very normal. Um, they're late. It's high stress. It's high intensity. There's not a lot of sleep. I'm, I was over caffeinated. I also was an over exerciser. I started becoming addicted to sugar as my way to cope, drinking too much alcohol, um, just a crazy, crazy lifestyle, burning the candle at both ends. And Three years before, um, about year seven and a half at Mediterraneo, my body started to break down and I started to have, well, first of all, I was fatigued. I started having brain fog. I um, was becoming depressed. My body was in so much pain. I, was, I had so much inflammation. Um, I was gaining weight. I knew I was addicted to caffeine and sugar 100%. Like I couldn't live my life without mm -hmm. it. I started to kind of learn about like adrenal fatigue and all that stuff. Wasn't listening to that. And then because of my overworking and overexercising, I actually tore both of my hip labrums and ended up having a hip scope on my left hip. And after that, the doctor said, okay, well, let's do your right hip. And something woke me up, smacked me in the face. I was definitely at a physical, emotional, and mental rock bottom. I went away to a fasting retreat in the desert called We Care. And basically got cracked open like a walnut and started my spiritual journey. I picked up this book called Healing by David Elliott. And I always mention that book because it was definitely the book that like broke me open of realizing that, wow, I don't love myself and there's got to be another way of living and I can't live like this anymore. I'm in my late thirties. Um, what are you doing? And it was just this like aha moment and a very painful rock bottom. Um, but I knew that there was another way to heal myself. And I knew that I had been abusing food for years, abusing the, the binging and restricting a massive, massive um, eating disorder kind of emotional thing with that. And um, I went back to med after that retreat and started diving into meditation and um, learning how to take care of myself and decided that I want to heal myself with food. So that was my, that was my breaking point. And, you know, and then I had to go through a couple years of, of pain of like, what does this mean? And how do I do this? And yeah. yeah. Oh, and a mindset plays such a big part of it. I know that for yeah. myself, like you talk about the all in mindset, right? Overdoing it. 
I did the same thing because I was like, okay, well, in order to change my life, I got to do everything and I have to do it all yeah. at once. And it was just like, go, go, go. I'll do whatever it takes. And today I've realized that it's, it's the things that we do today that help us tomorrow. So I've broken everything down into smaller chunks and the end result is what I want, which is to get yes. healthy and to lose some weight and for my knees not to ache. So yeah, I, 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 always stress to my audience that overdoing it is just going to end up you're just going to quit after a while right i was the overdoer you guys that are listening i was <laughs> a doer very extreme black and white thinking and i would crash and burn and where do you think i ended up i ended up with more sugar in my mouth more pain more stress <laughs> more inflammation and then i would start back over again because i went you know head in dove yeah. in and now like you said i don't I'm setting myself up baby steps every day. It's the end result. Really, my only intention is I want to feel peace and alignment and free in my body. That's it. And with that will come the weight loss and the low inflammation and the low, the low pain. I don't sit there and say, oh, I have to lose 20 pounds. That's what I want. It's like, I want to feel good in my body. I don't want pain in my body. And I just want to be balanced. You yeah, know? absolutely. And I think meditation is a massive part of it. I've now that we're going through everything we're going through today, I do it three times a day. And typically it's only a twice a day thing for me, but I know that I will stay healthy if I can keep yeah. my mind healthy. Yeah. I believe mindset right now. I'm so glad you brought that up. So I practice transcendental meditation. Is, is that what you practice? And, and what is that? PM is, it's a practice. It's twice a day and you do, it's a 20 minute practice twice a day. You go and you learn from a master. Um, I've been doing it for almost two years and it has transformed my life. Um, I can't even, I could go on a total, total hour podcast for TM. Um, I sleep better. My stress is better. I'm more grounded. And um, it's a non-negotiable practice for me. I do it in the morning and then I set my alarm and I do it in the afternoon. I schedule it in the afternoon just like it is an appointment. Mm -hmm. And now, like you said, during this time for mindset, I try to sneak in a little bit of like maybe like a couple minutes of breath work or an extra little meditation. I mean, the time is now for anybody out there that's not meditating. Um, I'm going to quote Oprah. I don't know if it's cheesy, but I just went and saw Oprah before this whole outbreak, um, y'all. And she, she said a thousand times, there's not, there's no life without a spiritual life. Yeah. And I was telling my family and friend, my family the other night on the zoom calls, like, Hey, so what are you guys doing for the fear? What are you guys doing to keep your mind strong? Are you guys meditating? And I'm like, why not? Why not? Let's start yeah. a meditation practice now. Now is the time. The universe has put us on pause for a reason. Yep. It's forcing us all to slow down uncomfortably, go inward, and really go inward. And, you know, I know a lot of people are like, okay, well, I don't know what to do besides eat and drink and watch Netflix. Well, that's fine. You know, we are going to cope. There's no judgment. We're all coping with this in different ways. Me, I have to be careful that I want to overexercise and go on like some crazy cleanse. So I'm kind of the opposite. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> just drink wheatgrass while this is going on. And so there's that like all or nothing balance. Mm -hmm. Everyone's coping. But I think like the, the mindset right now, especially with there's so much the fear mania and the worry and the anxiety, that's what's going to make us sick. And if we can keep that strong mindset as a community, we'll just rise up so resilient and strong and empowered. I just feel like it's bringing us all together all over the world. I mean, I was on a breathwork meditation the other day. There was hundreds of people. People were in Germany and London. And it was just like that energy of breathing together and praying together. It was It's just something, you know? It is. So, it's incredible. I've been doing the same incredible. thing. I'm doing a 40-day um guided meditation from my friend Marissa Iman 
and it's amazing you know it's manifesting and all this kind yeah. of thing and i just i absolutely love it it's such a big part of my life too so yeah. let's ask what is a typical day let's say you know this isn't happening and you're yeah. at the restaurant what does a typical day for you look like that's that's an interesting <laughs> question because for me going in inward is that i get to look at how how busy i was um and it, that's been really uncomfortable for me to like see everything I'm pushing in. So usually I, well, I get up at five and I take, um, I have a big morning. I'm, I'm single. I live by myself. So I have the luxury of scheduling in a pretty luxurious morning routine, which includes um, oil pulling and dry brushing. Um, I do a little bit of Tai Chi slapping and then I do meditation and gratitude and visualization and some affirmations um, and that sets me up for the day. I, I haven't missed a day. I can't even tell you that just, it's non-negotiable. Um, and then I'm at the restaurant or I have a restaurant in Hermosa, the Source Cafe. And then we have a commissary where we create and, and that's where we produce everything in Torrance. And we're actually building another restaurant in Manhattan Beach right now. So I'm doing a lot of creating with my chef, um, just behind the scenes, a lot of office stuff. So I will have an eight to 10 hour day very easily. Um, like I said earlier, I schedule my TM in the afternoon and I get 30 minutes by myself and my staff knows if I'm in my car, don't go bother chef. And I, I put that boundary. That's like really important. I also have some like breath and like kind of cord cutting stuff I do during the day when I start to feel myself, when I feel my stress come up and it's crazy. Um, and then I try not to burn the candle at each end. So at night I try to have, this has been really hard lately, but not having the phone on past like 7.30 or 8, two hours before I go to bed. That's been actually really hard lately. Um, and try to do some night kind of like mantra and journaling um, and reading. Sometimes I watch TV, but for me, I'm around people all day. So I just, I need quiet. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's a, that's, a tip, that's a typical day. I'm going to restructure that day once we reopen and get back into a normal routine. Because in that day too, I'm finding an exercise. I'm moving my body, whether it's a trampoline workout or lately I've been doing my own dance routines in the living room because it's free and I can do it anytime yes. and, it's free and I can sweat. Um, so yeah, or take my dog for a walk. I definitely have to move, move my body. And, um, and with all that for a typical day at night is I plan my meals for the next day. So a big, a big part for me, um, I spoke earlier, you know, about my, I've had a crazy relationship with food my whole entire life. Um, for me, what does not work is walking into the kitchen you know, it's my kitchen. It's my food. I own this restaurant. I can eat and take whatever I want, right? There's hundreds of things we're creating every day. Yes, it's healthy and beautiful. But if I go in there mind, mind, mindlessly and unaware and tired or triggered, all of a sudden I'm just like brazen. And that doesn't work for me. That will trigger my auto, an autoimmune, fatigue, weight, digestion, you, all of it. So now I plan my meals for the next day. And that's a big part of my night routine of making sure what my breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Do I need to prep anything? that I know that if I'm out the door at 7 a.m., there's not gonna be excuses why I'm too tired and I'm running late. Um, I take all my food with me to the kitchen because um, it just makes me feel more sane and then I know I'm gonna have all my macros. So that's a, that's a typical day, yes. So do you track your food then? I do not track my food because that's too triggery for me. I just know that if I plan my meals, I know they're balanced. So I eat a protein, a fat, and whatever, a veggie, for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Um, and then I have a carb at lunch or whatever. I don't really need to, and yeah, I'll weigh my protein because I can sit down and eat ground bison like it's nothing. So <laughs> yeah. I, weigh, I do weigh my protein, but I don't weigh, I don't weigh anything else. I don't 
track it. It works well how I do it now. Um, I definitely have suffered from diet mentality um, and over obsession and body dysmorphia and um, that tracking too much food for me um, is too triggering. Mm-hmm. So I have to just be careful. It sets me back into that diet. Oh, I'm doing it wrong. And I'm just listening to my body now. So. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And you had mentioned sugar. So I have a massive addiction to sugar. And then of course it used to be drugs and alcohol. And I was listening to a podcast in February when I was on holiday and a doctor actually said, you know, sugar should be in the same category or carbs yeah. as, as drugs and alcohol. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. yeah. And, and he said, you know, you wouldn't give an alcoholic two beer a day and just say just maintain this you know keep the willpower like i couldn't do that and so one of the things i did back in february is i eliminated all sugar out of my diet Mm -hmm. because i knew that that's a trigger food for me and i can't just have one cookie i have to have the whole sheet right so is sugar something you've eliminated from your diet or do you still indulge once in a while no so that's a good question so i went let's see yeah, for me too. So I was in, I did dr- drugs and alcohol, the, all of it. And then sugar just became my first, my, my love. I actually just subbed sugar for all of it. And, um, I feel like where I was, my rock bottom, um, of surgery was because I was so deep and dark into my sugar addiction. And, um, it was just could have been cocaine or alcohol, honestly. I mean, it was just what, cause I have other friends that are in recovery from drug and alcohol and 12 step and it was the same, the same feeling. So now um, I do eliminate, I do eliminate sugar from my diet. It's um, when I'm creating in the kitchen with my chefs and I know it's for the highest good, like if it's maple and coconut sugar and stuff like that, I try it mindfully. Um, but no, I'm not, I don't like eat sugar anymore. It's, um, it definitely, it's just not worth it for me. Um, because like you said, I was the one that was like, I'm not just going to eat like two donuts. I'm going to eat like 10 donuts mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to track through the whole house to see if there's anything else. And if I throw it away, I'm going to like, I remember that sex in the city episode when one of them like sprayed like bleach on the donuts and went back in. I was like, that's real. That's a real story. Like that's, that's like total addict, like cray cray. And I'm not, you know, I've done it. And I used to be so shameful about talking about my sugar stuff because it's so dirty. And it was just so shameful to shove all that food in my face and it's going to my book I'm writing. And now it's like, no, like, um, to be able to talk about it feels like freeing. Cause I know somebody's listening like, Ooh, God, I've actually done that. Like, like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a real thing. So yeah, I think that staying away from those foods that make you feel completely crazy. Like I don't, I don't eat them. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm the same way. I have to. And it's, I used to, I remember I was talking to a, a friend of mine way back and, you know, she had mentioned, yeah, you know, sometimes I'll stop by fast food and I'll grab something. And I'm like, you know what? Don't be ashamed of that because probably at least once a week I'll hit up McDonald's and I grab a burger and fries and I don't even like it that much, but I have to get that in and then I'll pull over by a garbage can, throw it away so my spouse doesn't know and I come home for dinner. And, you know, to hear that, she's like, you did, you really, you do the same thing? And it's like, yeah, sometimes I just had those cravings. It was when I was eating, you know, I was drinking two Red Bull a day. I was, you know, the donuts I couldn't resist. And then I would come home and I would do that. And of course, the next day it was like this massive guilt hangover almost, right? And food hangover. But yeah, that's that's something that I have a lot. I can relate a lot with. Now, I saw you on Instagram the other night. You teach, correct? I do. So tell us about that. So I have, um, I've been doing more. uh, Well, I did an Instagram live last night. I did a healthy uh, breakfast for dinner, which was really fun. 
um, when the world is back up and running, I do do live cooking classes. And then I started a online cooking class series called Cooking with Chef Amber, and there's six episodes. They're an hour each. And basically, I produced those last year because I couldn't get keep up with the request for live cooking classes. And also I wanted to make it more affordable. So it's the same as an hour class. You still get the five recipes. You own it forever. It's really exciting. And that's on my website, chefamber.com. I love teaching. Um, I do a lot of Instagram lives um, and on my Insta stories when I'm cooking, I'm always showing everyone what I'm cooking. It's my favorite. I totally want to have like a healthy cooking show one day. That's what I'm manifesting and just want to continue to inspire people um, to make a shift in their and their world and their bodies with food through food, you know, um, that food is here to nourish and fuel our bodies. And as we're sitting here talking about our passion for sugar addictions, I mean, I like to just say my, my relationship, my emotional relationship with food, um, with sugar is that, okay, I just lost my train of thought. Oh, you know, I abused, I abused food my whole life until I was about 38. And when I opened up the source towards the end of, cause source has been open seven years ago. So, once I had that spiritual awakening at Metatronio, then I knew that I needed to leave because my heart and passion wasn't in there and I wanted to heal. And long story short, Source Cafe opened and that's when I was in the deepest and the darkest of my addiction. And then that's when I started to wake up saying, okay, I have this like the healthiest restaurant in the South Bay. I'm opening this restaurant because I want it to be organic and GMO free and I want people to be able to heal their bodies with food, including myself. And so that talk about the guilt and feeling like a phony and imposter syndrome. Like it was like, it was major. And so that's when I woke up feeling, and I just felt horrible, I felt awful. So, um, so yeah. Well, that, you know what? I'm glad because a, a mutual friend connected us. And when I was down in Hermosa beach in February, I, I will typically, before I leave on a business trip, cause I travel about two to three weeks out of the month, I'll look up restaurants and it's, so hard to find a restaurant where everything on the menu is something that you could potentially eat and yeah. you know because it's like okay well it's 80 percent food that you shouldn't eat or that's not on plan that's going to trigger you and yeah. then you have this 20 percent or even 10 percent where it's got the little green you know yeah. symbol beside it that it's healthy to eat and so i always plan ahead and the one thing that I loved about the Source Cafe was when I looked at the menu, I'm like, okay, other than I'm trying to, you know, lower my carb intake, I can eat almost every single thing on this menu. So, you know, tell us about the restaurant. And I mean, you do to-go packages and all this kind of stuff. So it's handy for travelers. It is. So... So the restaurant is a cafe, it's open seven to seven and it's very, it's order at the counter. And we have a huge grab and go section with juices and smoothies and elixirs and bone broth, fermented veggies, and tons of prepackaged snacks and bars, um, raw oatmeal, chia seeds, and then salads and lots of protein. We, now we have on the menu um, some grilled salmon and bison and um, the menu, the whole restaurant is basically because of what I could eat. That's why it was, that's why I opened it. So when I start to, and there's a couple things I can't eat because of food allergies. So what pushes me as a chef is like, okay, I can't eat these 15 things, but I refuse to be de de be deprived. I love food. Food is my life. Mm -hmm. So how I still make food sexy and amazing and delicious without feeling deprived and eating, you know, diet food. And when people think of healthy food, I like to say that healthy food is like, sexy is the new healthy because we feel so good when we're nourishing our bodies. And like you said, like people like us, when I go into a restaurant, like the source and I look at the menu, I get so excited. It's like, I can eat anything on here because we're the same. I'm feeling like I go yeah. into a restaurant and I'm like, 
Y'all, there's one thing on this three-page menu that I can eat. One thing. And I'm going to tell you right now that they're using canola oil back there. That, that zucchini is definitely not organic. Like, I'm going to tell you there's like 10 things that even if it looks healthy on the page, it's going to make me inflamed and sick and gassy and bloated. And I'm going to have a food, over, food hangover the next day because it looks healthy on paper. So I feel like that is the Source Cafe. Um, I feel like we get to heal people every single day. I mean, I have my customers range from people that are recovering from cancer to kids that have autoimmune that have never been able to have a chocolate chip cookie somewhere because their moms will come in in tears like, thank you so much. Like, we can actually eat here. Um, and to your point of the grab and go, um, that is like, I'm almost half of our business now, the grab and go. It's really awesome. And we do some like pre-meal kind of things. Um, but it sets everyone up, whether you're keto or paleo, we're like 95% gluten-free. Um, I'm a combination of people are like, are you a vegan restaurant? It's like, no, we are very plant heavy. Um, but you know, you can come with what I like to describe as saying, all right, if there's a couple, and I know this might sound sexist, but it's just because I get more dudes that come in with their woman and the woman is like, I want a salad and this raw meal and the raw kelps and the whole thing. And he's like, I want the most gluten, not healthy thing. I'm like, fine, bud. We're going to give you the turkey panini with the da da da. And so we do have, you know, still organic turkey, what have you, but we have meat and we have plants. And so it's, it's a good, it's, you can pick up something for everyone. So. And it's healthy. And that's like what you said there about, you know, most of the things that are actually considered healthy are not in a restaurant. It's, I found out, I don't know what restaurant it was that I went to a few months ago, but I found out that the asparagus was deep fried. Oh yeah. And I'm like, what? And so if you could recommend, especially as a chef yeah. for people who travel, cause that's my niche yeah. market. If there's three tips that you could recommend when people go out to eat and they're trying to eat as healthy as possible, what would those be? Okay. So I'll use me an example. I'm the perfect example. So if I'm traveling, all right, first thing I ask is uh, what kind of oil they use in the kitchen, because for me, that's going to flare, that's going to set off some sort of a flare in my body. Um, if, if they have, I mean, most every restaurant has olive oil. So I just stick to basic. If you eat meat, I stick to some, some sort of fish, wild fish. Um, and I just try to keep it really simple with um, fish and protein or veggies and protein. And I just ask, and I just say, I'm allergic to canola oil. Please only olive oil touch my, touch my food. If, if you're plant-based, because sometimes I do go plant-based, um, you know, not always we're going to be able to find organic. I mean, I take stuff that helps remove um, glyphosate from my natural path and enzymes. So sometimes if I know that the fish and the chicken, well, I don't eat chicken anymore. If the fish and the beef are not like up to my standards, then I'd rather eat non-organic produce um, as long as I know that there's like legit um, oil on it. So I would say check. Um, and the less is more, meaning, you know, if you start getting into like a, a vegetarian lasagna, you don't really know what's happening with all the sauces and the stuff in the business. I keep it when I eat out. It's simple. It's like, I want a bed of greens. I don't want any dressing. Give me a piece of protein if it's wild, or just give me a bunch of grilled veggies on the side, half of an avocado from a fat. I'm going to drizzle my own olive oil on it. Cause I don't trust what you're doing back there. I mean, it <laughs> I get, I get crazy, but keep it like, you got to keep it simple unless you're willing to take the digestive enzymes. I mean, that's another thing. I have digestive enzymes. I travel with charcoal because we can't live in a box. I mean, we, we are going to eat non-organic veggies. Okay. And like beans and rice, that's fine. You're not going to do it every day, but I'd rather eat. I do want to make that clear that like, for me, 
and I always stay away from dairy. Like I do not eat dairy. Um, and I usually don't eat beef. I mean, I eat beef a couple times a year, but I usually just stick to fish, but it has to be wild. Mm-hmm. So really I go plant-based, plain, boring plant-based, meaning like not a lot of sauces and stuff with my enzymes and my charcoal. So, Right. And what does the charcoal do for those that don't know? Because I've, I've never used any, but what, what does that do for you? So activated charcoal, uh, Bulletproof has a really great brand that you can order online. It's really accessible. It really just helps um, pull any toxins that are in your intestines. And it helps um, really, like like I said, if I sit down and I have some canola oil and something that usually is going to make my stomach upset, it's going to take out that like bloating and gas and help kind of remove it through your bowel movement the next day. And um, when I traveled through Europe and then when I actually traveled to Tulum this last year, people around me were getting sick and having a little bit of like bugs. And I was taking charcoal, like it was my job. And like, it was just, it, I sw- it just like soaks up whatever's trying to get into your intestines and it releases. You have to drink a lot of water. It can constipate you, but yeah, it's a game changer for traveling. Oh, I'm definitely going to have to yeah. order some of that as soon yeah. as we get off this call. Digestive enzymes and probiotics. So try to get a probiotic digestive enzyme and the charcoal when you're traveling because you know like I said we can't like sometimes I do want a french fry I'm like I'm gonna live and I'm yeah. gonna have fry. I love french fries and so I'm gonna take a little charcoal do I have french fries once a week no um and you're gonna eat something that's not wild or that's farm raised with antibiotics um it's just you know we do the best we can yeah it's funny you mentioned french fries because actually last night so it's been I think two months now that I've done this lower carb lifestyle and I'm doing it for my sugar addiction now Am I going to eat carbs? Absolutely. I mean, it's not that this is the end of it, but will I be more mindful? Yes. And so last night I'm like, you know, I think when I reach my goal, because I'm really determined to keep pushing for it, I feel so good right now. And um, at the end of this, I'm going to start slowly increasing my carb intake to where it's just a, a lower amount, but not as, you know, I'm, I'm doing 10 grams right now. So it's fairly low and that's only vegetables. But I was thinking, I'm going to go out and have some mussels with some fries and a little bit of mayo. (laughs) (laughs) Because I'm a sucker for French fries. I'm Dutch and we love our fries with our mayo. So So one more question. Usually I end with the tips, but I know because we're in such a weird time right now and you and I, before we got on this chat, we're discussing like the gift of time. And I really feel like too, and you mentioned it, that it's this is the universe's way of telling us to slow down people are communicating with their family a lot more i know i'm communicating with people way more and it's actually like okay i'm forced to be here i get to create content i get to do more interviews so i really feel very fortunate even though it might sound terrible to say i i feel like there's a reason this is all happening how are you staying positive during this time and you know what are you doing to kind of take advantage of not having to work at the restaurant all the time. Yeah, I do believe this is happening for a reason too. I believe it's a test of um, us to be able to rise up. And I think that we had to take a forced pause and um, open our eyes on how we're treating ourselves and others and planet earth. And like you said, I think the gift of this is me realizing like, I never get to FaceTime my nephews. I never face, I haven't FaceTimed my cousin and my uncle. I mean, we've, I FaceTimed them two or three times now in two weeks. I haven't done that in years. So I think for me, I'm staying in, how do I get through this time? Because I definitely went through some like really sadness, closing the source and like, oh, why me and all that. And then I was like, no, like I know that at the end of the day, I'm going to be okay. I know that my staff is going to be okay. My family, we're all healthy. And I just 
turn to gratitude, you know, gratitude sounds so simple. It seems like just such an old simple, but if you're feeling funky and depressed, I, um, I just start saying gratitude out loud. And in the morning I do a lot of mantras of like, I'm resilient. I am powerful. Um, I also know that right now I'm starting to get a little bit busier of trying to navigate and adapt to what we're trying to do. And right now, um, I have like, 10 projects I'm trying to like switch up, but this is my time. And so I'm just trying to me like universe has put this in front of me right now. And it's my time to rise up and, and lead and do this and feel resilient and allow myself to be emotional and vulnerable and um, brave and just doing it. I mean, I feel like I'm in battle right now, but it's, there's something like really powering about it. Yeah. Um, and I think like we spoke earlier, like the keeping the strong mindset, um, meditation there's so much accessible stuff out there online you guys there's meditation and every there's so much free stuff there's daily breath work i'm happy to give suggestions online um there's daily meditation there's tai chi i practice tai chi um i do a lot of like cord cutting so if i'm feeling like weighed down all of a sudden i just got spun out by media social media or family members that's in fear i cord cut i um do a lot of like this kind of energy stuff that i've learned and get up every day and just you know, I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of great. I'm grateful. You know, it's, um, I have a lot of hope, hope yeah. gets me through this hope. I agree. That's awesome. Hope. So if, uh, my listeners want to get a hold of you or they want to learn more, they want to learn how to cook. Um, how can they do that? So I'm chef Amber LA on Instagram and Facebook. I have more content on Instagram. My website is chefamber.com. I have a ton of recipes on there. My cooking class series, Cooking with Chef Amber is on that. And then I also have a YouTube channel um, from my IGTV. IGTV videos um, are on YouTube. So Chef Amber YouTube. And um, yeah, you guys can reach out and DM me if you have any questions about anything we spoke about. And yeah, they connected. And make sure when all of this goes back to more, to normal and you're down in the Los Angeles area, you head on, on over to the Source Cafe because, yeah. yeah, it's just once you see the menu, you guys, you'll get super excited. And the Manhattan location, Hermosa and the Manhattan will be a little bit different. It's still going to be, um, but we're going to be open for dinner. So I have, um, you know, it's hard to go out and have um, dinner somewhere where where you can feel good. And then we're also going to have um, organic um, and biodynamic wine and kombucha. So oh, awesome. Well, I can't wait to come down. Hopefully, fingers crossed in June. Yeah, but too. thank you so much for joining me on the show. I really appreciate it. This was so lovely. This was so fun. Thank you. I cannot wait until these travel restrictions have been lifted so I can go down to Los Angeles and go and visit the Source Cafe down in Huntington Beach. California. So if you're down in that area, go make sure you say hello and check out some of the amazing items on Chef Amber's menu. Of course, if you're interested in some classes, I'm going to be putting all of Chef Amber's links in the show notes so you can go check them out. She teaches some amazing courses. So make sure you go visit her website as well. You can go check out her blog. But you know, if you're someone who's struggling with some negative experiences or you keep seeing this reoccurring pattern that you can't seem to shake, make sure you shoot me an email, info at theroadtohealth.me or you can go check out my website, theroadtohealth.me and 
book a 30-minute call. It's absolutely free, no cost to you. We can start looking at some of your patterns and see how we can change some of those negative experiences that you perceive as failures into some successes and get you on the right track to achieving your goals. And until next time, be safe out there. That wraps up another episode of the Road to Health podcast, where my goal is to provide you with content that not only inspires you, but also provides information and strategies that you can use to implement in your own journey. I know from experience, it can be super hard to make healthy lifestyle changes that actually stick. I've worked with people to help them define their goals and identify the roadblocks that stop them from achieving them. If you would like to take advantage of a free 30-minute call to figure out how to achieve your goals, visit my website today at www.theroadtohealth.me. When you're there, make sure you download the latest copy of my five tips to staying positive while working from home. And until next time, be safe and healthy.